Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with tastemakers, trendsetters, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Whether it's in person, online, or a hybrid of both, children across the country are returning to school, bringing relief to some caregivers and triggering anxiety in others. But either way, almost everyone is headed to the store for classroom essentials, lunchbox staples, and fast meal solutions. That said, in many ways, this back-to-school season is unlike others in recent history because it not only carries the excitement of a fresh start and the potential to experience much-missed and highly anticipated milestones, but it also is weighed down by pandemic-related health safety, and financial concerns. To better understand how these factors are influencing consumers, including what they're buying, where they're shopping, and how they're balancing sometimes conflicting priorities, Julie Company, Director of Client Strategy for Grocery, Drug, Mass, and Channel at the Marketing Technology and Omnichannel Solutions from Velasis, joins this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. She shares insights from a survey of 800 parents about their take on back to school, what they need, and how retailers and brands can help them navigate the season. According to Velasquez's research, this fall is a complete 180 from last year, when many regions were locked down and the promise of vaccines were still on the horizon. And while many restrictions have lifted and most districts are welcoming students back for in-person classes, company notes that this year's back-to-school season is still far from back to normal. You know, last year, um, most consumers actually, you know, really didn't have any idea of how their children would be educated. Um, I think the stat was around 60%. uh, We're uncertain about how their children would be educated last year. Uh, this year, there's definitely more than 60% um, that have a feeling that their, their kids are going to be back in in-person learning in some form or fashion. Um, but as we hear on the news every single day, there are districts that um, start with in-person and then suddenly realize, mm, we need to move to hybrid. So uh, I think every parent is just keeping a pulse on what's happening locally to determine what is going to happen long-term, and there's just so much uncertainty, right? This view is echoed in recently published research from FMI, the Food Industry Association, and the Hartman Group, which found most parents believe it is acceptably safe to send unvaccinated children to school, but also are far from comfortable with it. According to its survey of more than 1,600 grocery shoppers, 49% of parents believe sending unvaccinated children to school is safe, but only 18% are completely comfortable about it. Rather, about a third say it makes them anxious, and just over a quarter think it is very or extremely risky. On top of COVID-19 and Delta concerns, most families are balancing new or different financial considerations than during the previous back-to-school seasons. For example, FMI survey found concern about rising food prices is up 10% points from February and 15 points since the start of the pandemic in 2020. 
And the last is found about half of caregivers anticipate in-school learning will mean spending more to prepare their children for school. Despite higher prices, added expenses, and varying financial situations, companies said many parents are cautiously optimistic and want to splurge a little to help make this year exciting for their kids. To make that possible, she notes, many are on the lookout for discounts and deals. I, I don't think nervous or desperate really fits in there. Uh, maybe a little of anticipation um, with a little bit of anxiety, but uh, it's, they're really hopeful. They're, they're definitely on the cautious side of that hopefulness, right? So you think about it, they're looking forward to the fact that their kids can get back to school, but they're also cautious because they know that the circumstances can change at any minute. Um, the impact of the pandemic over the last, what, 18 months has hit families in a different you know, different ways. You know, some uh, some lost their their jobs, some um, have had to cut back. Others have been saving a ton of money because they haven't been commuting. So they all have different. You know, an impact of the pandemic has hit each family a little bit differently. Um, and as such, you know, we really focused on um, what you know when when you think about that consumer who is very concerned about. Uh, just their budget, managing their budget going into this year. Because you think about last year. Last year, you didn't invest as much in new apparel. You didn't invest as much as much in things like the toilet tissue or the bath tissue, no, I'm sorry, the um, facial tissue or the paper towels that you had to bring to the classroom, right, for the whole time, the whole time frame the kids are in school. That was a usual school shopping list item. Well, this year, or I'm sorry, last year, they didn't really have that. Last year, you know, the kids were at home, so you didn't go and invest in paper towels and um, facial tissue to take to the classroom. Uh, this year, that's going to be expected again of, of the parents and the students to bring into the classroom. On top of that, you didn't really need a new backpack or maybe a lunchbox. So, but, so this year, that's something where parents are actually thinking about, I need to invest there. I need to, I need to think about buying something new for my kids. And with regard to the shopping side of back to school, <clears throat> there is a, an anticipation, an excitement, you know, that their kids will actually be back in a school setting. So they're definitely more interested in maybe splurging or, or you know, making the experience so much more special for their kids knowing that last year they really didn't have that special experience. They had an abnormal experience, um, you might say. Um, certainly unusual, right? And so I, I think that a lot of parents at this point are trying to determine how do I make it feel very unique and special and better than last year's experience was. The different weight that consumers place on each of these priorities will influence how they shop and how much they spend. To better understand shoppers' motivations and how brands and retailers can meet their needs, Velasquez's survey revealed four consumer segments. The first two groups are the practical purchasers and the deal-delighted, which combined account for 67% of consumers. Company explained that they are focused on price, sales, coupons, and discounts, and so offering well-timed promotions and everyday low prices on essentials is an effective way to woo them. Where I think retailers can really lean in to be able to win that trip is they have to keep in mind that the consumer 
is shopping around. In fact, our study, 23% of respondents actually said that they shop multiple stores just to find the best price. Uh, and that, that definitely gives some retailers a distinct advantage. You know, those that are everyday low price, for instance. Um, but it also gives other retailers an opportunity to amp up their promotions to win that trip. Uh, because when our study was conducted, we found that 42% of shoppers actually plan to buy their back-to-school items at discount stores. Well, discount stores are like dollar stores or those stores like a, a Big Lots um, or an Ollie's where this, it's more um, in and out hot prices, but get them while they last. Uh, dollar stores have um, seen a lot of growth in the last year and a half. And uh, there's an opportunity for grocers especially to amp up their promotions to be able to win that trip because consumers are looking for deals. They're looking for discounts. They're looking for uh, – they actually want to support their local stores. So even if it's um, the local IGA or the local chain store, it's, in their mind it doesn't matter. They want to support their local stores and see them stay in business. Um, so it's an opportunity for, for those retailers to actually offer additional discounts to be able to win that trip um, away from, let's say, a discount operator. And one of the things that I think um, they can certainly do and anticipate is that because consumers are watching their budget, they've seen that prices on a lot of categories have gone up um, in the last couple of months with inflation hitting and supply chain being affected, that they are looking for better ways to stretch their dollar. And if they can uh, buy a store brand or private brand as an alternative to a national brand, some of these shoppers will do that, um, especially those that are you know, cash-strapped, maybe um, a SNAP beneficiary. Um, fortunately, they're going to get about 25% more in their SNAP benefits uh, starting in October, which will help them when it comes to you know, paying for school lunches and paying for school supplies. And then you've separately got those families that are actually benefiting from the child care tax credit. So um, knowing that that check comes out um, to those families on the 15th of the month, timing-wise for a retailer to promote, should be just before that check hits their wallets so, or their bank accounts. So you know, promoting mid-month um, with extra discounts is a way for them to win that trip so they anticipate that those dollars are going to be available to be spent and perhaps be spent on school supplies or school apparel, new shoes, and even um, school lunch options. When it comes to buying food on a budget, company notes that many consumers have more kitchen skills now than they did before the pandemic. So they'll be looking for affordable but still exciting options. I think a lot of families adopted new habits in the last year and a half. Um, we weren't going to restaurants as much, right, because we couldn't. Um, and people improved their cooking skills. So as, as we have seen across the overall um, food and beverage business, whether it's grocery or it's restaurant, is consumers have gotten actually much more experimental. They've, they've expanded their skill set, they've expanded their repertoire of what they're feeding their families, but they're also looking for speed. So, uh, you know, some a meal that can get on the table in 30 minutes or less, that's another way grocers can help these families that are time-starved. Um, and if you want to add in that, how do you save some money, 
at 30 minutes or less on the table and also for less than X amount of dollars. So they can actually be promoting you know, fast meals, easy meals, inexpensive meals, um, but also kind of keep in mind that they, they've improved their cooking skills. So you know, whether that happens to be you know, um, a more ethnic meal like a, a Mexican-themed dinner or it's an Italian-themed dinner or whatever that is, you know, treat, the, treat that, the family with respect and, and give them some interesting ingredients, things that are available exclusively at your store. And that might be store brands. It might be a national brand. Um, and it might even be just um, things that you've got in your fresh prepared area. Uh, so that the consumer actually can get that meal on the table faster, but um, maybe it's a maybe it's a side dish that adds to the main dish that the that the mom makes at home or the dad makes at home. <clears throat> so, you know, things that can get the food on the table quicker, especially when you've got um, kids maybe a couple of days a week in school and a couple of days at home. So. Price isn't the bottom line for all shoppers. Some, including what Velasquez calls the time thrifty consumer place a greater premium on convenience and time-saving solutions. The time thrifty group is really that consumer who, um, as mentioned, isn't as concerned with um, price. They're definitely looking for um, the opportunity to save on time, uh, maybe because of the burdens of trying to juggle, like I said, you know, careers as well as maybe their kids hybriding um, school from home. And is if I'm a retailer who offers an online service such as curbside pickup, oh my gosh, promote to this particular consumer audience because they are the ones that are pretty much looking for any quick way that I can place an order either through an app on my phone directly to the retailer and then I can pick that up in a, a designated time slot on a day, to, day of my choice. Um, that's all time savings for them. And also letting them know if there's um, any other additional convenience um, services that they provide. Maybe that might be, hey, you have a dry cleaner inside the building um, in your in your in your rest, in your uh, grocery store that the consumer can do two things at once if they have to go in store, right? Um, all those kind of things, and and also that fresh prepared foods I, sp I spoke to. So many of our retailers close down there their salad bars and their hot food bars during the early part of COVID, appropriately so. Well, now some of that's coming back, but it's not coming back in a salad bar format. It's coming back in prepackaged meals to go, sandwiches to go, side dishes to go. This is an awesome opportunity to speak to the time-starved cons consumer because they are looking for that, that quick meal, whether it's lunch and even breakfast, frankly. Um, a lot of consumers who were commuting suddenly had to, um, instead of being buying breakfast on the go, they had to have breakfast at home. Um, and, you know, we've seen categories have a resurgence that were actually struggling. Uh, Ready-to-eat cereal was struggling before the pandemic. Boy, did it bounce back during, um, during the pandemic because suddenly it was, a, it was one of those fast meal items, right, and easy for kids to serve themselves. Similarly, lunch meat, fresh bread, all those, all those categories that might have actually seen a little bit of more of a struggle pre-pandemic, now we're on a resurgence back. And as the kids are going back to school, there are, you know, once they're actually going to school and in a building, 
you know, those kind of, whether it's sandwiches or it's uh, products like a Lunchable where it's a, you know, pre-kit um, combination of lunch meat, cheeses, protein-oriented, um, uh, ready-to-go snack foods, kind of thing like that. You can put in the lunches easy enough. They stay cold enough until lunchtime, um, and it's healthy for the kids. The last back-to-school consumer group identified by Velasquez is the brand loyalist. And while this group is the smallest at about 15%, retailers and manufacturers should not take them for granted because they face many of the same pressures as consumers in the other groups. Brand believers are really people that are um, fairly loyal to a given brand, right? And as we think, of, they, they don't have to be people that are only um, uh, going for the highest price or the highest quality. They could actually be people that are saying, you know what, within this particular brand uh, that I really love and I'm quite loyal to, if I'm at a point in the month that I'm kind of stretched financially, I might downgrade from the, the regular size I would normally buy to a smaller size, um, just so I can still buy my brand, but I, um, I'm, I'm actually making it a little bit more affordable for myself, right? Um, and, and we did find that millennial parents um, are significantly more likely than older parents to be in this brand believer group. Um, 22% of this brand believer group is actually a millennial parent um, compared to um, the 15% overall. So that's definitely a, um, uh, an over-indexing in terms of uh, consumer demographic for that brand believer group. So I would, I would say that from a standpoint of a marketer, um, there's an opportunity for you to speak to those loyals that you have for your brand and make sure that they're aware of um, all avenues for savings as well as selection um, because they're, they're they could be thinking, depending on the time of the month or the school fees they have to, to spend out this particular month, and August happens to be one of those months, August and September, where the schools are all asking you to pay for you know, their sports fees and their yearbook fees and all those things that hit you all at one time and can be a fairly sizable lump sum of several hundred dollars. Okay, maybe during this little window of time, you give families an opportunity to save some money on their favorite brands, whether that's in a print coupon, digital coupon, online uh, promotion codes, but definitely get, um, get that in their hands at the right time of the school year. And January is also another time of year where um, a lot of families will spend a little bit more again on school supplies because the first half of the school year they actually you know, maybe their kids are tough on their on their supplies, and they've they've destroyed them to the point that they need to get replaced, or they've just used them up. So, um, so there there's another window of time that can be a key time to lean in on. Despite their differences, consumers across all of these categories share a desire to buy products their children will like, and which will make them happy. Which is why company says most parents will take their children with them when they shop in store. To help shoppers manage their health and safety concerns during the ongoing pandemic, FMI's survey found that most consumers still want to see clean stores and have access to sanitizing or disinfectant wipes for their carts when they visit. Many also want to see extra sanitization efforts throughout the store and at checkout. Roughly a third want to see masks offered to consumers and plexiglass around checkouts, and a limited number of people in the store at any given time. While most of these strategies, from curated promotions to ongoing hygiene and social distancing, are du jour for many retailers and brands at this point, 
What is likely different this back-to-school season is the heightened need for them and the outsized impact that they can have on driving foot traffic, sales, and potentially long-term loyalty. With that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope you'll join me again in the future for another installment. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, safe, and profitable week.